I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f- shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f- houses for f- 10 years. We're finally here, lads. The final we all wanted. No offence, Connor. Um, <laughs> um, it's Dublin and Kerry, lads. All the history you want. They've pretty much... I don't know why we're excited about two teams that have dominated our game for as long as they have, but they have. They've won the vast majority of All-Irelands that's ever been won. Kerry have been shading it, but in recent years, obviously, Dublin are much stronger. So, like I said, for a long time, Kerry have a puncher's chance. Let's talk about what kind of a punching chance that is. Is it they're still one to five in an all and final carry, which just shows the strength of Dublin, which is absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if you're superstitious, but I was reading this. Uh, John Fogarty had a stats-based piece in the Examiner, who, which I will be referring to a lot during the top of this show. I'm nearly going to say John Fogarty has sponsored the top of this show. He said in the 2017 league final, the Division One final, Kerry brought Dublin's tw- 36-game unbeaten record across league and championship to an end. This Sunday, they aim to stop Jim Gavin's uh, team from ending their defeatless championship run of 36. So not a good one. In 17, like Kerry have had Dublin's measure in plenty of games. This is what's given, like I know, I know this is a new Kerry team, but it's given people just that hope that this will be a good final. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, like um, I they've played eleven times or the last eleven times they played in the league. Kerry beat them four, like which is a good return. Like, yeah, for this Dublin team. And, yeah, yeah. So like five games, Dublin couldn't beat them in the league, yeah. and then Kerry obviously they've never been brushed aside by them in the championship. No, not in big games. Thirteen, sixteen were classics. Fifteen final, they made Dublin 
Alan Brogan got the late yeah. point to you know mm. make Dublin cover like, a one yeah. score game Dublin were always treating those league games seriously as well Tralee, Tralee this mm. year going back even the league final as well it's not as if they were playing like second you know weekend teams or anything like that Kerry have properly brought it up to them I kind of forgotten about that I was really given uh, I wasn't giving Kerry much of a puncher's chance but now it's, a, it's bringing me right around oh, they have a puncher's chance who's going to be the puncher though <laughs> who is it Tommy Walsh we're going to talk about that in, in part two the, the managers have been playing the age old game of building up uh, the opposition and playing down your own chances. So Peter Keane, who's an expert at this, says there's probably been a bit more talk about Dublin than us. We've probably just been a bit of a, sh- a sideshow in all of this, you know, playing the usual game. And he went on, we're going in with a team who don't have a whole pile of experience. As you know, there's fellas trying to say that we do. We don't. He says, you've some guys who have four or five games for Kerry. That's fair enough as well. I understand that. He's pointing that out. Wow, we're very inexperienced, playing it down. Nine of Kerry's starters for the semi-final win over Tyrone um, haven't played in an all-earned final, which, you know, there's no doubt they're inexperienced. Jim Gavin was having none of this. So he was saying the last day out against Tyrone, four points down at halftime and different questions asked of them and they reacted in the appropriate way and finished with a plum. It's a real Jim <laughs> Gavin word, isn't it? Plum. What a wonderful human being he is. Um, he says, that's not a team that's developing. That's a serious team. Now, what all this kind of stuff does... I, Neither of them really are wrong, I suppose. But yeah. they're, they're, we can see the game that they're both playing. Yeah. Jim Gavin never talks about Dublin in those terms. Like, <laughs> you know, talking Kerry up more. I'd be interested to know how much it washes in Kerry. Like, you know, you can't really play down the Kerry senior football team when you're involved with all the animals down there. Like, you know, you have to, you're sort of expected to win. The only difference is I think everybody in the country realises that Dublin are the favourites. Even, I'd say, the hardest Kerry fan will understand that Peter Keane is going in here with one hand tied behind his back because they're playing Dublin. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. I was at a wedding in Kerry last Friday and they're, they're very, in fairness for what I always love about Kerry is the kind of cockiness, but not arrogance, not over the top cockiness, but even that cockiness couldn't come out. And one friend in particular really? who I like total never sees Kerry beat and he's like... <laughs> Really? Oh, we have to get our matchups right. Everything yeah, has to yeah. go right, you know. And like yeah. it's like just almost going. This is really, really far out. All Ireland win. Now we could do it or whatever, but at the same time, so f- the five in a row. Um, not sure there's as much hype about the five in a row this week that I thought there would be. You failed in your campaign. To Dublin, <laughs> yeah. The campaign only lasted a week, didn't it? Yeah. I thought more would. I thought more comments would have come out over the summer that we could have reacted to, but not too much has. Obviously. This is uh, John um, Fogarty as well. Cluxton, uh, Philly McMahon, Johnny Cooper, James McCarthy, Keena Sullivan, Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, Dean Rock. Um, they ha- they're going for the five in a row. They've played a part in all five finals. Um, Cluxton, Philly McMahon and Kilkenny have experienced every minute of all four finals. Whether Philly does uh, this weekend remains to be seen. He could obviously, depending on Tommy Walsh being selected or not. Then you have the never beaten gang, I'm calling them. So Brian Fenton, as we know, has never been beaten in the championship. He's never lost a senior championship match um, for Dublin. The biggest game he lost was that league final for Kerry. And keep referencing that. It's not that long ago. And mm. that was a battle. And it was a high score and pointed game. And Kerry came out the right side of it. Um, other uh, players who have never lost a match for Dublin, when you think about it, Brian Howard, Conor Callaghan and Ninth Scully have never lost a match for Dublin. <laughs> That's crazy, when you yeah. think about it, lads, <laughs> yeah. like they need as human beings to experience a loss to be more rounded sportsmen, yeah. right? I remember feeling so sorry for Brian Fenton that league final that <laughs> he did lose. Like, Jesus God, I man. met him down in Dingle not long after that, and I says, "How are you holding up?" And like he was <laughs> laughing. A He's a real nice fella. He was laughing, you know. He said, "Oh look, I'll have to get over it," and he was a bit more relaxed. But at the same time, like that was his first ever loss. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know so that's it here's one that really uh, caught my attention again from John Fogarty under 20 and this really rattled me because when we played Dublin the whole idea was not to let Dublin play into the hill in the second half. So, like, and this is what teams have to deal with. And a huge advantage Dublin have in Croke Park is that, you number one, keep the hill quiet when they get behind them. Don't let Dublin finish into the hill. That's what they want. Dublin don't have to deal with any of this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. They just want to win the toss so they can. But this is what we always, it was in our head, and Mikko would say this, and it's don't let Dublin play the second half into the hill. So you take... Um, they cannot let them play in in the first half but John Fogarty has some stats here wh- which were interesting of their 29 games in Croke Park Dublin have played into Hill 16 in the first half on 22 occasions and they won each time which is I thought out of 29 22 was a lot I said how the hell did this happen so he said for a team in the 2000s who were known for favouring playing into Hill 16 in the second half Dublin have started each of their senior football championship outings in Croke Park this summer facing into the Hill 16 with Cluxton winning the toss at least two occasions. So he's been choosing now to start into the Hill. How, what's the psychology of this? I don't get it. I thought the Hill like sucks that ball in the second half and like the cop. Yeah, this to me seems like a completely conscious decision and something like a a completely Jim Gavin to do to take away any hint that the Hill has anything to do with their success at all to to the fact that it'll never be mentioned in the dressing room where like, you know, you win the toss, you play into the Hill. Forget that completely. Take it away, like, you know, take it away completely by... An unknown. Yeah, and consciously deciding to play into the other end for for a team that was like, like, but all... Teams or it's, thro- no, actually, now it's a controllable yes, rather exactly, than a, a gamble. Yeah, 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 but like all teams throughout, like you know, Liverpool play into the cop. Um, very, like various famous teams of famous ends that they like to, you know, to tap into. And Dublin were so well known for that. So for for that to change so completely, and I hadn't realised that until, until I saw the numbers. And that's mad. Like twenty two out of twenty nine. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. um, yeah, but like and again, Jim Gavin, you never hear anything about that until so, somebody's delved into the, the, and the stats. Into the stats, and is that the thing? I don't. I I actually think your analysis of it there is perfect. I was thinking would they be playing silly beggars with the other team and they would have prepared for this and now we're going to you know Mm. take that off you as well you know I don't know but that might not happen I think you're right I think Mm. they want to control the controllables Jim Gavin has no control over the toss so let's not put our eggs into having to finish into the hill and let's control Crow Park is Crow Park but it's also exactly uh, what what Gavin would like his team to do he doesn't want them to be feeding off emotion like so the idea of playing into the hill is to get that sort of adrenaline rush that you get with all the fans he wants them going through the process and like you know right. if you're relying on that then you're relying on emotion and Dublin don't rely on emotion yeah. they rely on the, the process that's it so like it's yeah it's taken that away completely like Connor's saying yeah. and it's just focusing on their jobs it's crazy so imagine imagine Jim Gavin sitting in Croke Park in the Pillar Caffrey era as Kieran Whelan is walking down the hill and clapping <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he was just thinking I, I must fix this <laughs> so I thought it was an interesting interview Paddy Andrews and we slagged the Dublin players off for having uh, you know you know, keeping their cards close to their chest and to have a media manager who I wouldn't be a big fan of but he was talking about um, the time it was around the table thing at the Dublin press day and he was talking about the time when Dublin were in their fifth uh, they won their five in a row provincial titles and Paddy Andrews held five uh, fingers up to I think it was to a camera or something like that or to a, to a crowd and he says uh, I don't think I'd do that celebration again no shit Paddy you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> he says that's 10 years ago it's been a long time Pat's uh, first year that year look there's no way you could have seen he says we went on to get a pretty bad beating a couple of weeks later by Kerry in the All-Ireland quarterfinal and he was a cornerback back then so this was 2009 the start of the Earwigs year where Dublin were um, bridesmaids every year and couldn't get over the line 
and he was cornerback and I thought this was just the psychology that they've gotten over now is that a Collie Moran came running into him and I think it was oh somebody else oh Henry was marking Gooch and he got injured and um, Collie Moran came running over and says you're on Gooch now and Paddy Andrew's reaction was I was like the Gooch do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the psychology of Dublin, mm. almost a fear of other teams where that's completely gone now. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that like it would never happen, it would never happen these days that like Paddy Andrews would know if David Henry, you know, if David Henry was playing under Jim Gavin and he got injured, he'd know automatically that he has to go on the gooch. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. at the start, I wasn't sure whether he knew he was injured and he was just told before the game and I was like, geez, that's <laughs> such a lack of preparation. But again, just going back to the celebration thing again, um, that, that, that's completely gone out and went out of them under Pat Gilroy and then obviously under Jim Gavin which is why I think I mentioned here as well to be so kind of taken aback by the fact that somebody like as cool as Brian Fenton you know kind of celebrated so so ecstatically after getting that yeah. goal against uh, after getting that goal See, against I, I, I'm not sure if that was a celebration rather an outpouring of emotion a celebration is looking for something from the crowd he didn't really do Maybe, that yeah, you know yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. celebrate is to look to the crowd he just it was a private celebration yeah, yeah. do you know I, what I mean I, also which, I think you're allowed a private yeah, celebration yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because Henley looked to have saved it as well. I thought it was a bit more relief because it sort of deflected into the net, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was more let we've put this Mayo crowd to bed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's finally, why we, yeah. finally yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we beat them all the time, but sorry, Connor. <laughs> it's all right. Like, <laughs> yeah, Pat Gilroy is like, a lot of people credit him for changing but that he did. culture completely. He got rid of Andrews not long after. Yeah. And Andrews in this interview it was a really good interview. Look back and saying he was probably right. I wasn't. Uh, you know, living as I, or not, maybe not living as I should. I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should. And that five fingers up would have pissed Pat Gilroy off. Yeah. Pat Gilroy changed all that culture. Lads. Yeah. He won yeah. that all Ireland in 11 against a brilliant Kerry team. And while Jim Gavin has continued that on and made it even probably more extreme, I don't think it should ever be underestimated what Pat Gilroy no, did. No, I think he started it all. Like, you know, he's, he's like the Vince McMahon, if you use a wrestling <laughs> analogy, but... Like he got rid of Mossy Quinn as well, which is his club mate. So that's obviously a big decision to make. There's stories that he sent Connolly home from a training camp in Spain. And you know how Dublin people think of Jeremy Connolly. And if he's doing this stuff, that's like immediately changing the the sort of um, stereotype that they're these superstars. Like you know, yeah. Dublin were always seen as the, now, the city I, superstars. I pull you up on Mossy. Mossy won the All-Ireland in 11. I think Mossy retired after that, did he? I don't think he got rid of him as such. Maybe it was a chat. I don't know. We'll get I don't Mossy know. Maybe it was. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, didn't, I, I don't remember being any kind of talk at that time we were getting rid of him. I think Mossy got his All-Ireland medal and was a sub and kind of maybe had enough of it. Went on to do not too badly for Vincent's as well. So that early retirement, yeah. well, early-ish. But uh, yeah, I think I'm t- I think that was it. So, anyways, Paddy, Ind- Paddy Andrews, Dublin player, with a good interview. Then we have MDMA Michael Dara McCauley. He was uh, on it as well, and he. I, th- I think Michael Dara tries to sell himself as oh, you know, he's a bit as a bit of a dude who f- I just play a bit of ball, man. I don't like to, I don't like to talk about it, you know. Like, don't be annoying me with GA talk. You know what he's saying? Because I know he said it to me before in person on a night out. Then I started asking him about his bar, and he didn't want to talk about that either. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I just wonder how to get onto a level yeah. with this fella at all. Maybe so, it was you who was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, it's hard for you. To, he's asked about what makes the Dublin team special. He says, it's hard to put your finger on it. The group is an impressive group of human beings in that I think people are aware that there's a higher purpose than themselves or the team. Who calls another person a human being? So I was asking about this on Twitter and Brendan Rogers does. <laughs> Steve McLaren does. <laughs> and Jim Gavin does. And Michael Dara obviously taking his lead from Jim Gavin and people 
are now human beings. And then Robbie Kiley, who plays for Tip, said, well, maybe he's being politically correct and he doesn't know their sexual <laughs> <Yeah>. orientation. <laughs> and I was just say, if we're calling, you're two very nice human beings yeah. who I shared well, the thank studio. Thank you very much. Yeah. It sounds like something Joe Schmidt might say as well. Oh, Schmidt could be yeah. in that mix yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading Malachi Sherkin did a piece on the Dublin media night in general and he said that uh, Michael Dermacall is normally great value and stuff, but he, he struggled a little bit during this interview to the extent that at the end of it, he called the media manager, your mate, and he goes, uh, he just shouted up to him and said, this is the worst interview I've ever done. You'll be very happy. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, very good. Very good. I think, listen, they're playing the game with him. They're like, to, yeah. to be fair, like... Calling other people human beings, I'd say in a weird way, the Dublin players ha- play little games with this stuff. Yeah, just kind of get a human beings in there. I don't know. Like maybe I'm overanalyzing it or overthinking it. I don't know. But anyways, I wouldn't be too hard on any of them because they're playing the game that's been asked mm. of them by the by their uh, media manager, whatever you want to call him. Finally, we're going to just mention that Andy Moran has retired because Andy Moran retiring on All Ireland final week is a disgrace. I thought we were doing it's 45 minutes on outrageous. this It's completely outrageous. So you've got 30 seconds. There is no one allowed in this show outside of Dublin and Kerry. So I'm giving you 10 seconds to sum up Andy Moran and we'll talk about Andy Moran. Not a next Monday. He's no business on that one either. But the following Thursday we'll properly cover We'll Andy do Moran. proper tribute. Okay. Uh, what can I say about Andy? Just proper legend. Um, you know, what like helped, helped elevate the standards of Mayo football to, the, to what they are now along with a couple of key, key people like James Hoard, etc. And uh, it's been like re- completely reinvented himself from a half forward to a wing forward to one of the best. Okay, we're out of time. We're, we're going we're to talk as about this. As always said, he's a gentleman as well. So <laughs> he's a pure gent, yes. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have announced his retirement in all the final week, but we'll forgive him and you'll be on the show next Thursday. We can Great. eulogise about him. <laughs> right, we'll be back and we'll talk about the match. Are you want to get up or you want to stay in bed? I, I said we have a game there about half three. If you, <laughs> if you, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even start like. Didn't even go for the back. Took his line. Took his extra five minutes. It was like it was like the snooze button. Hit the hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. One seven that day. Okay, lads, as we like to do here in the analysis section is we like to kick her off with a good old matchup, <laughs> right? So we're going to do the Kerry matchups first. Well, I am, and you can tell me whether you agree with me or not. And these are the big ones. So Tyg Morley's going to pick up Conor Callaghan. Yes. Jason Foley's going to pick up Mannion. Jack Barry's going to start and he's going to pick up Fenton. Thomas Sullivan's going to follow Kilkenny. And Gavin White is going to go over onto Jack McCaffrey's wing and mark Jack McCaffrey in the same manner as Paul Durkin did. Now, alternatively, Stephen O'Brien does have the work rate to track Jack McCaffrey and cause Jack McCaffrey problems, you know, the other way. Mm. So I'm, I'm unsure whether to go with the conservative Gavin White, let's try and stop Jack, or would you say, let's maybe focus on Jack's defending and have Stephen O'Brien have the fitness and the speed to follow him, but also ask him a lot of questions, do you know, on the other side. So yeah. Is Stephen too important as an attacker to have him worrying about that? Like I know yeah. Durkin was great. He does a attacking. lot of work. Yeah, he does a lot of work. Yeah. I take your point. But Dur- like Durkin's was a bonus when he was attacking, and McCaffrey wasn't even picking up Durkin for a lot of the game. Like you know he was playing zonally and stuff like that. So yeah. 
Yeah, if I was Kerry, I would keep him away from. from I don't. I'm just thinking about that. I don't think Dublin will allow that anyways because I think yeah. John Small will will be given the Stephen, Stephen O'Brien, O'Brien. Yeah, that's O'Brien why job, I have you know? And I think that Kerry have been they've been lining out Breno Bjuglik. I think a ten. They've yeah. they've lined out even Shane Enright a ten, knowing that they're going to be picking up somebody. So yeah. I'd imagine that they'll go the Gavin White route and uh, and have him pick up a similar enough ones. But I, we think Jack Barry probably will start on Fenton, and the plus of having him him in there is obviously he can compete against the wall because he's a, he's a monster of a man and he's no problem sacrificing his game just to follow Fenton. And he has the, the physique and the physicality and all those things. So I think that's almost a guarantee. On the Dublin side then, you'll have Fitzsimons picking up Clifford, I think. Keane O'Sullivan will pick up Geeney. Uh, John Small will pick up Stephen O'Brien or Sean O'Shea. And then you'll have uh, Johnny Cooper on Spillane. Now, whether Spillane starts or not, we don't know if Tommy... If Tommy Walsh starts, which I think he should... This throws Dublin's matchups into disarray. You know what I mean? It rips up the script. That's why I think he should start because now Fitzsimons will probably have to go over, or maybe Philly McMahon comes on f- to have the strength to mat- match yeah. with uh, with uh, Walsh. Tommy Walsh. But here's the thing: play Tommy Walsh, have Philly McMahon marking him, bring bring Tommy Walsh out for kickouts, let him compete against the wall. So now you have David Moran, you have Walsh, you have Jack Barry, monstrous men. Throw in Jack Sherwood there. Philly wouldn't compete with him on kickouts. Then get him back in, alternate him in and out, but let him help against the. You know what I mean? Let him help against the wall when he came on against Tony Cotter. Fantastic kickout. That's his yeah. main strength. I think there's a huge case for. And again, it throws Dub. Like what would Dublin? I think what would Dublin not want? They have to deal with this headache. They would want Tommy Walsh running on like Kieran Donaghy in fifteen. They're already five up. The game's gone away and here's Donaghy and he's going to try too much and now a few lumpy balls will go in and Rory O'Carroll has spoiled them. And, do you know that kind of a way? Yeah. I think it asks a lot of questions of Dublin's matchups if Walsh starts. Yeah, it's a real dilemma. And like it's a two, dilemma, yeah. Like you're talking about um, Keane Sullivan and Philly McMahon, neither of whom started in the last game. So straight away, two people have to come out and Davy Burns probably won. But then you're already talking about Jack McCaffrey, John Small, James McCarthy. Like, you know, they have to play as well. So I don't know then who... James McCarthy could pick up Tommy Walsh either. He did not leave. He did it, yeah, he did. He yeah. went in on him. He went in, yeah, yeah, after I think but he was in on Johnny he's not that comfortable Cooper. on the edge of the square either though, lads. I know James will give you an honest effort everywhere, but it's not his strong point mm. either. And you're taking James McCarthy's driving runs out of the game. It's a win-win for Kerry, no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, my, my only thing is, like, I, I think that, like, I, I get what you're saying in terms of, like, Kerry having to give something to, something to think about from the start. I also think they're going to have to give something to think Dublin something to think about during the game as well and Tommy Welch is their trump card from the bench um, and I like I would say like going back to the Mayo game um, James Horn brought on Andy Moore and Kevin McLaughlin way too late by the time they, they came on the game was over and I was just thinking but that was I, over 12 minutes after second half when do you bring Walsh I on? Know, I was envisioning a scenario because I was thinking I, I said to somebody um, I was beside at half time in the, in the Mayo game it's like you should bring Andy Moore and Kevin McLaughlin on now we're on top try and capitalise now give them something to think about now so I was trying to envision a scenario where Kerry are in touch at half time doing something similar to Mayo did and then just giving something, something to think about immediately on half time and then throwing their plans into this to a certain degree but then the, the problem is is that the game could be gone from the game was gone from Tyrone you know before half time last year if the game has gone from Kerry well then that substitution That's is null and void it's null and void so, so start him yeah, like I yeah. honestly think against Dublin you have to be in the game at half time you have to play your strongest imagine being a 1-5 to five outsider and gambling on bringing on a lad in yeah. the second half yeah. Yeah. like let's look at the history of Dublin matches they're over at that time and then you have a fella on and you know the pressure at the end then is you lump it to him 
and you hope for a flick on goal. You don't play through the lines like, you know, and give Tommy Walsh the ball he wants, which he can win a diagonal ball in the air, but he also can win, win it in front. front too, yeah. And now he has his man guessing, well, I can't mark him from the front. He's going to catch it over my head. I can't, I'll have to mark him from behind. Tommy Walsh will mm. win it out in front. So, like, I mean, I think the whole forward line should be built around him. I really do. I think it's what Dublin wouldn't necessarily want. Yeah, and the beauty of Walsh is that you can change your game anyway with him there. You can put him in like, like you did in the league when they full forward and then James McCarthy struggling in there or you can bring him out to midfield around there like you did against Tyrone. So you don't necessarily need to bring him off the bench to get that impact. You can just deploy him in different yeah. areas. And it's a, it's a headache. You, right, so you say Gavin White or we'll say Gavin White's going to try and take care of Jack McCaffrey. And you've... you've uh, James McCarthy now gone in full back. That's their driving force, Les. That's mm. their engine. That's what sets up all their attacks. Now you have Jack Barry standing goal side of Fenton. You've taken away three of their big main men that punch holes, right? That create that overlap that Kerry going man for man are going to completely be scared of. Now you've Jack McCaffrey, if Gavin White can track him and he's, he's got the speed. And now you've James McCarthy in full back. I think for that reason... You know, because like, let's be honest, if things aren't going well for Dublin, who punches a few holes? James McCarthy, he's that, you know what I mean? He's that leader. We've seen it time and again. Yeah, it's him, him and McCaffrey, yeah. And if you can him and McCaffrey, yeah. 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 They're the ones that have provide these moments of inspiration. Now the crowd are behind us, you know, often when things are going a little bit flat for them. And actually, to be fair, in the first half against Mayo, I think Jack McCaffrey had something like four possessions or five possessions and Dublin were lacking that drive. And so they changed things around in the second half. So yeah, you could have a point. It's just everything is dependent on every one of those every one of those matchups going to plan and then the thing with Dublin do is that well if one or two of them don't go to plan against them somebody else just emerges from somewhere and well, has an amazing game so yeah they've got so many clutch players but another interesting aspect will be like Jim Gavin said there's no doubt during the week he says there's no doubt at stages of the game you'll see all of the Kerry outfield players behind the ball that's just modern football and we know when Dublin get their 13 back Mayo just played everything through the hand Connor and when Dublin had everyone back while Mayo had some joy in the first half when you're energetic and you're, you know, you'll, you'll get a spectacular one out of Shamey O'Shea. Yeah. Like you can't bank on no, winning, can't winning a game. You can't rely no. on spectacular scores. So what Kerry need to do is they need to avoid these hand pass scenario. Kerry can't win that game. This has to be moved through the foot as fast as possible. And, you know, with moved, moved it fast and trying to get it inside as fast as possible. And if Tommy Walsh doesn't start, it'll be Clifford left inside in his own like they did against Kerry with Gini and A another out in front. Maybe even Tommy Walsh could play that yeah, role yeah. of the one left inside. And with Clifford and Gini standing out in front, then who does the sweeper mark? Who's going to be the sweeper this time? Because like Kerry's, all their forwards need attention. Sean O'Shea, Stephen O'Brien, you're not dropping off them. Do you know what I mean? And they, mm. they, they probably won't go back that far. Gavin White is going to be marking Jack McCaffrey. Who's the Dublin sweeper going to be? Do you know, this is why you give Kerry some puncher's chance is that they'll occupy all of their defenders and it's going to be a shootout. It will. Weather permitting, this is going to be a shootout. Who can, who can score the most with yeah. a, two exceptional forward lines? Yeah. Will, will Kerry be a little spooked by Dublin's attack? Like even if you go back to that league game, Mannion and O'Callaghan the two boys from the last day well the answer to that is yes <laughs> <laughs> like you know like, and they got two goals just by roasting defenders yeah. like you know O'Callaghan took a pass two deflection in Mannion just r- yeah. rinsed but so. it, it works both ways like Dublin know they're getting one-on-ones against Kerry Kerry can't play any other way now obviously if Dublin are really slow with the build up Kerry will drop lads back yeah, and yeah, every, yeah, any yeah. team that has any brains will do that but I think the same as Kerry you're going to practice kick passes I think Dublin are saying to themselves they're so well prepared this is a game where our kicking game is really going to work. And I mean, move it fast through the lines. And when that gets to the half forward line, I want long diagonal ball. And we'll 
now Jim Gavin might not even say this privately, but we'll destroy them in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you, like you could see Mannion and Khan going to absolute town. Like McShane and Donnelly threatened it. But the two lads could, you know what I mean, could do it. Yeah, because they'll get the ball and, and take you on then as well. Like, yeah. Oh, so why would Dublin not use those diagonal balls that work so well for throwing? They know they'll get the one-on-ones because, like, let's, Kerry shouldn't play a sweeper. I think it would be stupid because they're just going to leave a Dublin player free. Who wants that? Paul Murphy's crap at a sweeper, whereas he can get in somebody's face. He could follow Scully. So I thought he'd mark Kenny, to be honest. Well, you think I, so? I think you know. Uh, Thomas Sullivan has Tom- now become their go-to Mar- man marker so I had him for Mannion but you, oh, he's too small for Mannion maybe yeah maybe. I think Foley's going to get the I've, uh, we'll get to uh, some Paddy Power predictions in part two I think Foley will mark Mannion I think um, I think uh, Thomas Sullivan will follow Kilkenny other or you, Paul Murphy might well look, it wouldn't be yeah. it wouldn't be crazy to have Paul Murphy yeah. following him I just worry because like, you know, Harrison struggled with Mannion and that's one of the best fullbacks in Ireland I worry about Foley being on you worry about anybody but yeah. if you're Peter Keane right and I know what you're saying like Kerry trying to score more than them and they've got a class attack to do that, but are they going to win enough ball to do that? So, like, Dublin will score most of the time, Kerry will score most of the time, but surely Dublin will have most of the ball, so it's a bit of a risk to do that. They have to try and turn them over when Dublin do have the ball. Yeah, well, the whole thing is turning them over, and we've talked about this, is that Kerry are potentially getting better at tracking your man, and Chris Barrett, I was glad he kind of talked a little bit about this. It's knowing when there's a risky situation, when to, to leave, leave your, your man, man and yeah. help out. Yeah. Mm. And Mayo are the best at that. Kerry are still learning that. You know, Dublin are pretty good at it as well. Although du- Dublin will drop in a sweeper that might help, although Mayo can yeah. do that too. But even for Barrett, who's an out-and-out man marker, when do I abandon ship to for the greater, you know what I mean, yeah. the greater good? And Kerry have come on, even like they, they didn't do it against Cork at all. They were wide open against Cork for uh, strong runners like Rory Dean to go through the middle. And then against Mayo, they were really good. And now Mayo were poor that day, but there was definite signs Mayo that... Mayo didn't move the ball fast. They didn't, but there was dead, like, I, I'm just in, in kind of defensive Kerry, they, they, they recognised kind of danger when it presented itself that day instead of thinking, right, my man is dragging me yeah. out to the, my man is dragging me out to the sideline. I have to go with them. So like, I suppose that gives them some, some element of optimism, but then just, you just, I was looking at some of the stats that the the Dublin forwards have earlier and like they go for like goal one every eight attempts I think Paul Mannion's up on 76% conversion rate it's just like you know you just you can't give these you can't give these guys second chances so um, I have Shane Enright actually on Dean Rock but like I mean Shane Enright could mark Mannion under Fitzmaurice Shane Enright was the go to was their man marker and now not always great at it. Like no. I remember Killian O'Connor oh, taking him for two six. Andy Moore not taking for that. that he, time. he did in the semi final. Killian O'Connor took him for two six in Limerick. I yeah. think and should have got a should have been sent off because of the yellow card oh, and then didn't yeah. get the black card. He got taken. Okay, off. I think Killian got two five that day and that was before he went off with concussion. So like even when he was uh, Fitzmaurice's go to marker, there was times when he was, uh, for want of a better praise, he was he was there for the take. And uh, as you said, Andy, there a couple of years later, I think Shane Enright he might actually suit somebody with a bit more physicality. But I just thought because like Thomas Hull has had an excellent record this year already I don't think too many people have scored off him he completely blotted out Peter Hart yeah, but he drifts physical. out true see true, Tom true. Sullivan's a half back yeah. so he can do that he can do that John Small I'll torch you all over the field and if you're drifting you hate that yeah. but can you do the corner back having to be clued in at every second you know what I mean yeah. that what Chris Barrett is explaining having to concentrate for 70 minutes mm. without even thinking of anything else I'm not sure that they. I'm, I think halfback man markers, are, and it's the same. We talked about your man from Donegal with the triple barrel name, McFadden Farry. Yeah. Same thing. Mm. Brilliant man marker in the half back line. Yeah. But as a cornerback, Jesus, I wouldn't yeah, mind. Yeah, Keegan even going back to Conor Kazi, well. same thing. Yeah. It's a different ball game. And you've less time. Like when, when Conor Kelling gets the ball, he's either going to go for goal or put it over straight away. When a half forward gets the ball, he's turning around, he's looking inside. 
then has to decide whether to run. You've more time yeah. to tackle them. Put them but under it, but the, no, the big thing is if you're beside your man when he's drifting around the field, he won't get a hand pass. Yeah. Mm. If you're beside your man the full forward line and he breaks, he'll That's still it. get that hand yeah. pass. Yeah. He'll yeah. still get the pass because you're expected to be marked tightly mm. around the middle of the field. If you're marked tightly, well, well I wouldn't give it to him. Yeah, there's loads of other, there's loads in, of other yeah. spare yeah. men around. You know, you don't even give a 70-30 ball around the middle oh, of the no. field because it's not the right option. No. You find yeah. the free man. Yeah, so yeah, as you say, even if it's like who was it, Sludden against Dublin last year. Completely like he's free to win it, yeah. yeah. But they don't play it. They won't give it to him. Like, oh, he's under a bit of pressure. And that's a very frustrating thing. Yeah. Whereas Sludden brought Merchant in the full forward line was marked even a little bit tighter, he'd be getting ball in front. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's up to yeah. you to get in front. We'll win it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the dynamic, and that's why I think I think Thomas Sullivan could be, you know, cleaned out as a cornerback, but as a wing back following uh, Kilkenny, I think he has the speed. He has the 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 engine, and he's gone fairly stocky now as well. I think mm. he might have. Well, he wouldn't be at Kilkenny's level yet. Give him something to think about going forward as well. He's kicked a couple of points. Which he too, could do, so. yeah. Which he could do, which is an important part of man, of that man marking job as well. So, like, I suppose if if uh, Tommy Walsh doesn't start, you could see James McCarthy marking David Moran. Right, I I could see more and getting on top of Michael Darren McCauley. No, like Michael Darren McCauley is after coming back this year and having an exceptional year. Um, for someone who was back in the impact sub role, and I thought against Mayo he would be dropped to the bench, but he wasn't. But David Moran is brilliant. He's just brilliant, and Jack Barry is going to mark Fenton. If if he will start, are you sure about Jack Barry? Well, yeah. Oh, he's going to start. Even that's after having very little game uh, time, has he played since, enough? I was wondering. Well, I think he might play forty five minutes. I think he might play 45 minutes on Fenton and then bring Spillane on and say just dog him out for the rest of the game and that's the way you know to do it. Probably because the perception's out there that he's had Fenton's measure and he's done well on Fenton. He has, yeah. Like he hasn't beaten him but Fenton hasn't been as dominating because Barry is, pre- is prepared to sacrifice his game and he's a big strong fella. So I don't know. I th- well I think Jack Barry is, a, is an out and out banker. Tommy Walsh oh lads if Tommy Walsh starts <laughs> genuine if you're asking the question what do Dublin not want? I think that's it. I think it's it's Tommy Walsh uh, as an option for kickouts. That, we'll touch on the kickouts quickly. I know we covered it an awful lot last week, but if you're looking at the Tommy Walsh versus Philly McMahon, say, or Fitzsimons, one side of the field, you've got in the middle, you've got Jack Barry blotting out Fenton. The ball's not going to go to Jack Barry. Actually, Jack Barry go to the very other side and take Fenton with him. Right, so your kickout's going to Tommy Walsh and David Moran is standing beside Tommy mm-hmm. Walsh. So now you have David Moran and Tommy Walsh with the ball coming out and you've, you're overloading Overload one or two on players. Side. Dublin have got their press up and your ball is going between Tommy Walsh, David Moran, uh, say James McCarthy and who'd be marking more? Say James McCarthy or James McCarthy be on Tommy Walsh and I'm not sure who'd be on Moran in that, in that situation if James McCarthy or Michael Darmacauley mm-hmm. on Moran. I don't think that's unsurmountable for Kerry to be kicking it out there yeah Kerry can manufacture these things too like that that league game one time Tommy Walsh was being marked by Owen Merchant do you know when they was just kicked out to Tommy Walsh obviously and they won the ball so yeah yeah of all the teams that you want sort of coming into this game to try and have that battle for primary possession it's Kerry yeah it is Kerry and it will be interesting to see obviously with your overload idea is that some forwards need to get over into that breaking area where they know it's going but you can't be so stupid as to bring them all over because then Dublin might realise you have to still leave one or two yeah, yeah. Do you know fellas over there to keep the Howard and the Fenton and these lads still watching the some zones some sort of decoy that, yeah. some sort of decoy or else it, but if you have two extra men at that breaking ball with Walsh and Moran around 
I don't think you have anything to fear too much there. Yeah, and like you, like you don't even have to set up with, as an overload. Just know from the call that this ball is getting kicked left. And when the keeper's running up to kick it, we've got to jump on our men because we know where it's going. So yeah. you should be first in for the break as well if if you hold your position and then just drift as the ball. So Welsh comes out for the kick out and then like an open play, he's an option alongside Clifford inside. Yeah. Or he could even be the man breaking, as you said, if not Keeney around the forward. He, I think Clifford is a very important player that if Dublin free someone up, they need to f- they need to cover Clifford. Yeah. So I think Walsh and Keeney can get in an awful lot of ball. Now, alternatively, if Walsh was in there on his own, would the sweeper be tempted to go in in front of Walsh? Yeah. Now you have yeah. Clifford kind of standing out in front with no sweeper. You can't have two. Dublin will never get a situation where there's two fellas free. Yeah. There's too many forwards to mark. So for yeah, that reason... Bring me around to the idea of starting them. <laughs> I think anyway. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm very persuasive, uh, <laughs> Connor, as you, as you know, right? Well, yeah. like, I mean, but like that, I think this is what makes it so interesting that Kerry have the tools up front and Mayo just will never have what Kerry have up front and that's why you're giving them this puncher's chance you know Where, like Mayo have a lot of qualities Kerry don't have but they don't have that pure Geeny Clifford you know Walsh Stephen O'Brien Sean O'Shea they just yeah. they just don't have it yeah. unfortunately and they, only, they only played two up front the last day so it made it easier that's for a big, that's a really important thing isn't it for yeah. your even your analysis of their press oh yeah the key not, not to leave just two up there because that's yeah, silly time. leave four up there then now they have to gamble if they want that big press and now they're leaving Sean O'Shea and Stephen O'Brien yeah. that's I don't think even Dublin would risk that yeah. and when you look at it which nobody ever speaks about is the Kerry press Kerry Kerry invented this press that game in 2016 I was at it you're looking down going what are Kerry doing they're the zonal they started at zonal they started sacrificing two defenders knowing that they would be back in position probably before the ball got down because this was such a new tactic no one would you yeah. know, think on, the, on yeah. their feet how to go right. We need to get it on it and drive it down or whatever. Kerry invented this. Dublin have copied this press and maybe brought it on to another level because of the size of their players. But Kerry's press can cause problems as well. Yeah, Kerry, Kerry wrote the book on us. They did. Let's yeah. be fair about this because this, because we talk so much about Dublin's press is that they didn't invent it and they didn't invent the, the zonal either. Kerry invented the zonal. Mm. And I think what I like about Kerry is that. They understand what you have to do to beat Dublin. They might not have done it all the time, but they know that you have to get scores. They can to do that. They need a forward line, and obviously they got a good one to use it. But and I know we keep going back to the league, and I know you don't like using the league that much as an example. But I think anybody else wouldn't have won that game. Like so Dublin came from five points down, got it level, and Kerry understood that like we have to commit men forward here. We have to take mm, a gamble yeah. to get the point. And Gavin Crowley, I think, fisted it over the bar at the very end, goal chance. But they just threw more men forward because that's yeah. what you have to do. I don't think you can ever underestimate the confidence Kerry players have. Mm. They're the market leaders. Yeah, They've won, how many is it? 37 All-Irelands. Like Dubliners, 28. Like they wouldn't even a million, they would respect Dublin incredibly. But in the last five minutes, Kerry aren't, obviously there'd be nerves all the way around Crow Park. But if any team is prepared to put it up to Dublin in the last 10 minutes, a Kerry don't worry about yeah. Dublin. Like they for years went up and spanked Dublin up there and laughed on the train on the way back down. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Now, it, this wouldn't happen this time. In the 70s, Dublin were incredibly strong and they beat them in 78 when it wasn't expected, then dominated them then after that. And this was with a young Kerry team with the bomber only coming on, Jack O'Shea, Splan, all off a brilliant under-21 team. There's a lot of similarities, actually. Dublin had won it in, in 76, 77 and then Kerry shocked them in 78. You know, with with a lot of under 21s. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Kerry went on to dominate. Now, that won't happen with the age profile of Dublin's team this time. But I think, like, I, 
I can't obviously relate to this because of the history of Leash and but I know from a club level the history of Port Leash and the confidence that gives you that we don't, we don't want to lose to them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd never say that with Leash. Mm. You know, it's just an incredible confidence that they will say we're not going to lose to Dublin. You know, we'll, we'll, last 10 minutes we don't that's not when we lose lads. That's when we win games. Do you know? And we yeah. don't lose to Dublin. And it might only be league, but a lot of the current team have decent memories of playing against Dublin in the last few years as well. Like every other team practically in the county, in the country, Barameo until the semi-final would have, their memories going up against Dublin. Like, oh, jeez, we're going to get hammered again today. If they get a run on us, if they get a run on us in the first half. Oh God, Do you know, like looking at the scoreboard to think how much it's going to be. Whereas the, these lads have, they ran them close in Tralee, ran, bet them in the league final only a couple of years ago. They were last year in Crow Park, I think, in the league. Clifford and the lads were playing. The first half was excellent. Yeah. And then Dublin They ran away with it. Them. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. that. was but, the only big they have, one. They have plenty of a good decent, memories yeah. as well as yeah. you, and tradition like it, it will it, it'll, it'll you, as you said you just can't underestimate the cockiness and the confidence that, that's going to come with them even if your mate didn't seem too optimistic at the wedding there last week yeah for, <laughs> for a, co- a right cocky individual right we'll come back with Paddy Power predictions and we'll, we'll give our thoughts on how it's going to pan out Derek great to finally get to interview you Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it great? Why do you not do many interviews? I don't know, really. I um, wasn't being asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the Woolly Parkinson and and just play for myself and Wait, an, an intercounty corner forward isn't just hatching inside either. He's, no, you know, no, he's, no. Yeah, unfortunately for you, Woolly, <laughs> it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask your, you know that yourself, Woolly. Yeah. Um, Mine never started at yeah, all. Well, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so this is it, lads. It's crunch time. It's Paddy Power predictions. It's Dublin one to five, Kerry five to one, handicap minus six, and we're talking this up to being like a <laughs> an close Like, are we? Is it fair to say that the smart money is on Dublin not only to beat Kerry but also to beat the handicap that they have beaten every single game this year? For me, yes. Uh, I like to believe that it's not. Um, I, I think Kerry will stay within the handicap. Like so I don't know if it's that smart. Six, but like I mean, we try. I tried that against Mayo. Destroyed. I did it twice this year and got it wrong because they've covered it every single game. And it's been the championship of Dublin versus the spread has been one of the best championships um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of all times because they close in on it and it's close. And then they end up just beating it on the line. Yeah, it's yeah. It's very simple. Like if Kerry can stop eight players, <laughs> completely <laughs> shut them down, then they've, they've got a chance. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I sort of have a bit of confidence because of the league game and because of you say the tradition and stuff that Kerry have. And I know that they'll bring something with their kickout for their press and their own kickout to get out. And they have that. Like they have that attack. They've got. They've got a punch in them. Like so. I'm just. I think they will be in the game with about 15 minutes to go. I don't know if they'll be in it with five minutes to go, but. I think they'll they'll still be close enough. Yeah, I think for the Kerry kick out that we didn't didn't mention that going short is just madness. Are we agreed on that? Unless it's like Chris Barrett explained, there's times in a game where a game a, a point comes and it's so frantic that it's just a complete waste of energy to be trying to you yeah, know to yeah, press yeah. this. We're we're too many numbers down. We'll let that go short and we'll drift back, you know, maybe to 45 or whatever. And all that's interesting stuff because stuff we talk about on the show here. And it's nice to have that confirmation of it by someone who's in the game. So these presses that we're all talking about, these can only happen 
every now and then. After set plays, absolutely. Mm. But after why it can happen so much against Mayo is because, you know, so many Dublin players were committed to attack. Mayo had actually dropping 12 men behind the ball can work against you because if a point comes from that, Dublin have their press players close enough to that zone, their zonal areas that they're already in position. Do you get me? So dropping this 12 can suddenly mean you're pinned Mm. into your half for bloody 10 minutes. Whereas if you don't do that and a game point comes from, you know, a bit of individual brilliance, suddenly you have a midfielder going short, there's loads of space, Dublin's, Mm. you know, now you can go short. But absolutely, when you go short, you should be trying to move that ball on pretty fast then. Yeah, which is obviously very hard to do against Dublin. And, and the payoff and the risk, I don't think, is worth it to go on short. Like, how many times no. does a team concede a stupid goal mm. from trying that little dink out to the D? And how many times do you actually score from winning the ball from yeah. there when you have to go past 15 players? I'd love, I'd love to see stats on that, you know. That how many scores come from short kickouts? And how many scores come from long kickouts? And I'd say you'd be shocked at the yeah. results. Mm. Outside of Dublin, see? I'd say outside of Dublin would have a decent uh, rate of cornerback taps to the cornerback. Mm. Um, a lot of teams used to give that to them, but I would say for most other teams, what are you gaining out of this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think the penny is finally starting to drop. I think uh, Ryan on Sunday it will just lash every single one out. You have I every, think so. every back in position, and you have men manned up on the wall. And you've Fenton brought to one side. Now, Fenton is very good. Fenton is very, Switching very across. good at, at, at reading it and getting across yeah. there. Sometimes you see Fenton and he actually catches the ball running crossways rather than actually running straight at it. Yeah, yeah. He's got, now, you need to bring him so far over. Like, sometimes midfielders just stand in the middle and Mayo sometimes do that. Now he's going reading it and he doesn't have far to go. Bring Jack Barry, because the great thing about Jack Barry is that he's still a threat in the air. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's Fenton going to do? Now, Fenton can say, right, well, I'll go across because Tommy Walsh has been the target and I'll take Tommy Walsh for this. So, Barry, you can head off. And But now, now you're packing it with three on three of big men. It's not the end of the world for Kerry. Yeah, I, I think unless it's absolutely on, as you said, after a break and play where there's nobody in position, I think then if it's on, and if a 20-yard ball short is on, give it. But like just going through the options that we've talked about for the carry kickout, and I particularly, the more I... Th- think about it the more I like that overload option on the one side you do you want to avoid a situation at all costs for Shane Ryan where he's in the situation that Robbie Henley was in in semi-final they're just constantly looking at Dublin winning the ball and then you know putting the ball dead and he's to look at another kick out again play to your strengths you've got David Moore out there you could have potentially Tommy Welch coming out Jack Barry uh, Jack Sherwood, Sherwood I don't know who we've mentioned who might he, start as a kick out option as well he might pick up because uh, I think he'll be in around midfield half back he'll pick up Howard maybe and be I think he'll be the, he's the other big kind of option I thought Jack Sherwood would come in to Mark Brian Howard to yeah. be honest but he's another kick out option as well so when you have those, those options out there and just to avoid as I said what happened against Mayo to avoid any silly situations where like Dublin will get goals you know without you know they, they, they create their own opportunities without you handing them on a plate to them either so just avoid that by going long and I think Kerry have plenty of you know they, at least to break I think they have enough options out there at least to break even so like why would you why just avoid the hassle of going short in the first place just get it out there yeah no yeah. exactly we're right uh, man of the match quickly so I've picked uh, Paul Mannion for Man of the Match here's a stat John Fogarty had which I think is an incredible stat the number of times a forward has won a Man of the Match during Dublin's uh, Jim Gavin's five finals zero right so in 2015 Fenton John Small in 16 the drawn game Michael Fitzsimons 16 the replay James McCarthy 17 and Jack McCaffrey 18 
it's not bizarre with the talent they have up front that no forward has won man of the mm. match in uh, in since 2015. Yeah. So that's why I picked Mannion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked Mannion on the basis that I think that Jason Foley will pick him up and I think he could struggle against Mannion. I think Jason Foley apparently is the fastest player on the Kerry team, which is my surprise. Yeah, but he'd have the pace for Mannion. But I don't think he, his instinct is not, a, he's not a great defender. defender I think yeah. there's too much football in him actually to be a, to be a cornerback marker. I think he came up through the ranks as a fullback and fullbacks don't have to be as sticky and he might man that middle in, at underage because he'd be a big enough fella mm-hmm. at that. But in a two-man full forward line against Dean, against uh, Mannion, could be under pressure now. There could be a change there made early. Yeah, I think so. I might um, I might actually go with Jack McCaffrey again as man in the match. With Gavin White shadowing him. I don't think Jack McCaffrey will like that he didn't do much in the semi-final. I think he's got... Yeah. Uh, he got too much pride for but that. that. Listen, that's the same thing though. The, the concept is the very same and it's I don't understand in soccer. You're playing against Messi, the greatest player that's ever played the game and you let him drift in between the lines. How <laughs> dumb is that? <laughs> like you've got 11 players, you've had 10 outfield players. There's one of them that tracks his every move and now he doesn't get these little tappy passes. Yeah. So Jack McCaffrey, I've played wing back and not bragging or anything, but my reputation as being a good attacking half back meant sometimes uh, teams put half backs on me. Yeah. And I, I didn't like it. Now my runs, forwards are lazy. They don't track your runs. They let you go. They switch off. At the wing back then doesn't. Now, mm. okay, he's not going to score on me because he's just following me, but I'm not enjoying the game because I'm not getting into, you know, those positions. Like it's not, and Jack McCaffrey's not getting balls when he breaks because there's a man yeah. on him. The same <laughs> concept as being man-marked anywhere, in, an, or anywhere around the field. But it's like, like, uh, like Messi picks the ball up because you can't leave Iniesta or Suarez or Neymar. For, do you know what I mean? Like, so you can't just let them I don't go care through. about Iniesta, Neymar. Or, <laughs> I don't care. You, I am, you're not breathing outside of following Messi and that's it yeah, and still, at least yeah. he's gone out and said, okay well the rest of us will, will, will uh, <laughs> go into zones to protect the other lads but we'll lose Messi 6-0 but Messi won't do anything well yeah you'd lose 8-0 <laughs> if, you, if you, he's Messi free uh, yeah. no so but there, there must be a tactic behind look you were on a lot of podcasts you're probably on the football one here I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no but I was just thinking like that's that's the beauty of Dublin as well there's so many good players and so many threats that that's how like boys like McCaffrey can come into it then and McCarthy because yeah. you're worried about the others and you have to you have to drift we're talking about Kerry coming in where the danger is and then as soon as like Dublin have to recycle bang Jack McCaffrey's away then as well yeah yeah, that's uh, tough I was about to say I'd say he's probably favourite but my if I had to pick anyone I'd pick Khan. Um and I know he's up against Tyg Morley who's probably a good match for him he's a good defender match for him. he's very physical and that's worth the fit that, and he used to mark Kenny but I think he I think Khan is, is probably too dangerous now and Morley he's a hardy bit of stuff oh, he and is, he won't yeah. let you down no no that's no, no. I, I just think Khan is in such form and like just like his he just has this eye for goal. He's been completely ruthless this year. Everything seems to be going right for him. I just, like I, I had already been impressed obviously before the game against Mayo, but it was just like he was, he was sensational against Mayo. Um, I think he's on a roll and I think if uh, if he gets the right ball and he doesn't even need much of it, he gets, he could he could really do damage. He's going straight for goal if he gets it and if he gets a couple again, that, that could be man the match in football of the year. So, we'll see. Okay, listen, this is the moment we've all been waiting for, lads. Paddy Power <laughs> predictions. Connor, I know exactly where you're going here. Yeah, that'll be uh, Dublin to beat the handicap. Right. I'd say seven or eight points. It, it it depresses me to like I'm 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 really looking forward to Sunday because it's not Iron Finals, Dublin Kerry, but it's just every single game this year I've tried to justify Dublin. Yeah, me the too. handicap being beaten, and uh, like every single time afterwards, I was like, what was I thinking? And so this year, uh, this this time, I hope I'm proven wrong again. Uh, but I I do think that Kerry or Dublin beat the handicap. 
It's hard. It is very, very. That's so logical. Yeah. That it, that's usually my analysis. But I, I'm going to go into fairy tale land, Conan. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you. Well, I wish I could. I'd love to. He's yeah. the fantasist, fantasist here. Yeah. I'm in fairy tale land, and, <laughs> and even that's just saying Dublin will win. <laughs> you know, but they might not win by six. So I'm just going to go Dublin to win. Yeah, I, I think Dublin will win as well. Um, I think Kerry will beat the handicap. I think Kerry will cause them all sorts of problems. I think Dublin will be way out of their comfort zone. I think Kerry will score about three twelve. But I think Dublin, I think Dublin will score maybe 119, 120. And I think that could be the final, in and around that final score. Um, I think that'll be a great game. But I think there will be a time in the game where it could be, you know, 312 to one. You know, I think Kerry will lead at times in the game. And I think they will, I think they'll rattle Dublin. And I think Tommy Walsh is a huge part of that. But over 76 minutes with Dublin empty their bench. I just, I can't see Kerry staying with them. I can't, even with the goals. Because I think Dublin are going to get goals themselves, you know. So Dublin could, act, it could be, it could be 320 to 312. And then you're, you're right, Connor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very hard. It's very hard to stop. But look, that's it. So we're all in agreement. Dublin going to be all Ireland champions um, five in a row. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, listen, at the same time, it, there's nothing but respect for a no, five in a row. Enough. Like, I mean, they're yeah. fantastic. As neutrals, you just want, I, I, you just want, you just don't want the All-Ireland to turn into Leinster Championship and there's a danger of that. But anyways, listen, we'll talk to Joe from Paddy Power. Joe from Paddy Power, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. We've hit the big time. We're this here. Yeah, finally. I don't know, I was saying um, just before you landed in here that I don't know how everyone's so excited about a match Dublin or 1-5 to five to win <laughs> with a handicap of 6. That was the history of it all, isn't yeah. it really? What are we, 37 years since the last time it was attempted in the football and back to 2010 since the hurling. So I mean, either way, there's going to be history made this weekend. So we're all kind of looking forward to that element of it too. Yeah, I think that is it. If it wasn't Kerry, we'd be like, you know, but it is Kerry. So come here, tell Talk to me about my bet. We'll start off with that. Yeah, so... Uh, last I'm on a roll here, Yeah, right? well, this is it. You're unstoppable now. <laughs> Probably the right time of the year to be getting good, but we don't more best left after this one, so maybe not. But yeah, you had the, the hurling final bet you had came up as well with Jamie Canlan getting the goal in time and Tipperary winning. So this week we've split it. Uh, we've put 50 euro on each uh, and we've boosted two of them for you. So your bets are Kerry half-time and Dublin full-time. So that was 9-2. That's now been boosted out to 6-1. to one. Okay. Um, And Kerry are actually 12-5 to five to lead a half-time on their own, but your one's been boosted for Kerry half-time, Dublin to win a full-time and the other one is Paul Mannion for the RTE man of the match so that was 7-1 to one and that's been boosted out to 9-1 to one. Paul's a, a club made of mine and he's having, having a great season he's an absolute yeah. gentleman but he's, he's the, the shape he's in now and the size of him and the way where he's come from even over the last few years he's getting better every year so yeah I think that 9-1 to one for Paul to Mannion for, for Paul Mannion to be man of the match at the final could yeah. be a good shout and as I was saying Jason Foley is still a little bit lightweight as a man marker so that's kind of factored into it I think Morley might be a good match for Con, but look we, who's to say my matchups are the matchups yeah look like, I mean if Kerry played away did it against their own and leave that space in front of the full forward line any one of the Dublin full forward line could be could be a great shape for man of the match because they're they're just so dangerous and Kerry leave all that space it's could, it could be a, could be a dangerous for them anyway yeah exactly so money back specials yeah well it's the one we've been running all year so your your first goal scorer if he scores a goal any time you get that money back as a stake Okay, brilliant stuff. And what odds, Paddy? Hashtag what? What odds, Paddy? I missed out the hashtag there, which is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all, all about the hashtags these days. Everywhere <laughs> you look, isn't it? Um, uh, there's uh, there's absolutely loads of them on site, but there's a few ones that uh, I picked out. There's some kind of funny ones and some that just could be a good bet. So, and um, to start there with one of the combined ones we've talked about before. So Dean Rock to score over six point five points, so seven points or more, and Sean O'Shea to score over five point five, so six points or more t- together is nine to four. Okay, uh, obviously with them being the free. 
takers and being uh, fairly yeah. dead-eyed most of the time. And that's lower than usual for the kind of marksmen, isn't it? Usually, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's, I suppose there, there's probably an element of like if Dean Rock's not having a great game from play, he could always be whipped off, regardless of what the score is in the match. And Costello can take yeah. over, and Sean O'Shea obviously as well with Clifford hitting someone from the other side, and that as well. That kind of plays into it right. a little bit. But I think I think on the Dublin side, I think Kerry are probably going to fail quite a lot because they won't want to let if, if the likes of Emmanuel or Khan gets a little bit of a head of steam up I think they'll just be failing them because you just can't risk that that goal going in so I think Dean's fairly safe on getting over 6.5 and then Sean O'Shea is obviously a very talented free taker he hits them from everywhere so you think he might get over that too OK and David Clifford and Khan both score a goal yeah that's in an 11 to 1 obviously Khan's been the, the goal machine in, in for, for pretty much all of his career really when he gets a sniff he doesn't wait he doesn't mess around he's not one of these hand passing over the bar types no. that you don't like at all so you know if he sees the if he sees the net he'll be going for it and Clifford I mean he's just a beast of a man and Kerry are going to have to score goals I think I'd say that's been one of the big key points of their focus this week is like lads we have to score goals end of story if you even get half a chance you go for it and Clifford's not an easy man to stop once he gets once he gets a turn on you so I think the two of those together 11 to 1 could be decent um, and then just on the other what's odds Paddy there's some of the some of the better ones and kind of t- looking back in history of Kerry to score a goal in stoppage time after the 70 minutes on RTE and to win the game is 22 to 1 so obviously that's a hard back to Derby in 82 There's no value in that though like I mean I would say that should be 100 to 1 like what are the odds of history repeating itself there with a goal in injury time to stop the five in a row I'm thinking uh, it's this is strange. Well, it's like at the same time, I think if people, I think people looking at the game are if thinking if Kerry can hang around for long enough that the dubs get nervous near the end yeah, yeah. and then they need a goal, you just wouldn't know. And if you've got the likes of big Tommy Walsh or David Moore and hanging around there, even Gainey and Clifford aren't small men themselves. Like there could easily be a, a long ball in yeah, and a flick goal. Yeah, and look, it's so, so probably unlikely to happen, but it'd be amazing <laughs> if something like that did happen again. And it would finally Kerry could stop moaning about that bloody push in the back anyway <laughs> if they get one to win it. Uh, and then one other thing there is uh, any Dublin player to get a black card in stoppage time after after 70 minutes so once we're in stoppage time at the end of the game it's 9-2 to two for any Dublin player to get a to get a black card oh yeah, that's when your rugby tackles come we in we can right? Paul Kimmage Cullens cheats again after you pick up the five in a row but sure we'll see how we get on OK so we'll move on to the game here then and like I mentioned Dublin are 1-5 to five, Carrier 5-1 to one, the draw is 14-1 to one, the handicap is 6 Dublin have not lost against the handicap all year the smart money is for Dublin to repeat that yeah, I guess you'd call it the smart money, but I mean the the stakes are are at their absolute highs. They couldn't be any higher for for Dublin coming into the weekend. Surprisingly, haven't heard too much talk of the pressure of the five in a row. I thought Darren O'Sullivan mentioned it during the week there, and I wish he thought all the all the errors then and Kerry would be would be hyping that up yeah. to the absolute limit. But I haven't heard too much about it. In fairness, like uh, to, to Jim Gavin and, and the Dublin team, I, I spent a bit of time in under twenty one panel with Jim a few years ago. Like he's he's just the most calmest, coolest man around the place, and I think all week any the five in a row that might be coming from the outside I don't think that's going to be a problem an issue for the for the guys on the inside obviously it's there in the back of their minds but I don't think it's something that's going to going to affect the Dubs too much this weekend but yeah like one to five handicap of six points in an All-Ireland final against Kerry with, with so much at stake it, it does it still seems hard to look at it to be honest with you like I think that the handicap would probably be the the toughest of the year so far I mean there's there's no guarantees Dublin will get anywhere near winning by six I'd, I'd snatch your hand off for a one point win right now so yeah, I don't know. Listen, but at the same time, you probably say that in any of the rounds. Like, I mean, what, what have we got for first goal? We have a few different... Uh, I think Stephen O'Brien is good value there at 11-1. to 1. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. So first goal is obviously a fairly popular one anyway. And we have the, the money back. So Khan is the favourite. He was 5-1 to one, and that's just been boosted out to 6-1 to one, um, on the pair of prices there. We have Stephen O'Brien is 11-1, to one, which as you say is good value there. And he's he obviously scored the first one the last day against Tyrone. And then we've got Jack McCaffrey in there at 16-1. to one. He obviously had a very quiet game, but he's 
his standards against Mayo and Durkin did all the damage. So I'd say Jack could be absolutely geared up now for a big game this weekend. He's he's obviously a former uh, man of the match winner in an All Ireland final as well, and he's, yeah. the big days are really good for him. But at the same time, Stephen O'Brien and Jack are more than likely going to be going to be meeting each other a lot so one of the two of them is going to be bursting up and down the pitch for most of it so there's just a little bit more value in, in Stephen and Jack um, and then on the goals the, the side of goals there's a few other little bets there that carry over one at 1.5 so two goals or more six to four like you think if they have any chance of winning they just have to score at least two goals like you couldn't see them out point in Dublin yeah. overall in the match so I think that one could be one to look at definitely and and just on hat-tricks then very very unlikely to happen but Khan at 40 to 1 is, is 41 for a hat-trick and David Clifford if he's to emulate Lark Orbit in 2010 and yeah. get a get a hat trick from from corner forward to to steal the five in a row. Clifford's eighty to one to to get a hat trick. Well, I'd have a sneaky euro on David Clifford for a hat trick. You know, could, could you imagine like geez. player of his generation in the in the making. In his first All Ireland final, stopped the five in a row. Like you, you wouldn't think it's you couldn't make it's it up. Cra- but it's not you crazy could, talk. You, you couldn't have made up the last two five in a row beatings between with yeah. Tip and Kenny and, and yeah. Kerry and Offaly the way they happen. So you, if Kerry to do it, you think there's going to be something amazing will happen. Okay, so man of the match. I was talking about a stat in during the show, and in all of Dublin's All Ireland wins, um, forward has never won man of the match. So, like, I mean, this is an interesting one. Fenton won it in 15, Small in 16, Michael Fitzsimons in 16, replay, James McCarthy 17 and Jack McCaffrey 18. That's an incredible stat, isn't it? Considering the firepower they have. It is. It's, it's hard to believe, really, I guess, when you when you list them out like that. It's, um, it's for every way it happens. I don't know whether it's the... the well, so Mayo is such a good handle on the Dublin forwards in most of those games when they did play in the, the Kerry... All Ireland final last time was a very wet day and it was scrappy and yeah. that can obviously have a have a bearing on who gets man of the match. But it is a surprise and to, to be honest with you, the ones I'd picked out myself, I, um, Brian Fenton at seven to one, there is just an obvious candidate to, that you'd want to back in any game to be man of the match because he's just so he's just such an incredible player, I suppose. But I, I, on the Dublin side, there was a bit of value. I picked out James McCarthy at twenty to one. He's obviously yeah. had his injury issues this year and he probably hasn't hit the hit the same heights that he has in other years. But again, this is a final. It's James McCarthy. He's an he's an absolute machine. A guy, and you could easily see him having a huge game on the weekend at twenty to one to be man of the match. Then on the Kerry side, Clifford being the probably the obvious candidate as well. He's nine to one, and then both Sean O'Shea and Stephen O'Brien are twenty to one. Like I think if Kerry are to win Good and, and get man yeah. the match, yeah, one, one of the two of those is bound to have a, a huge game as well. So there might be a little bit more value in those two fellas. Yeah, just to finish up, Player of the Year Con has it wrapped up, right? He just needs to show up, kick his three points from play, which we're sure he probably will get something like that, and he has it sewn up. Yeah, I look. I don't know. I was looking at the odds for coming. Like, Khan's fifteen eight to to win Player of the Year. Like, I wouldn't have had him that far ahead of the, the pack by any means. Pretty communicate. He had an, an unbelievable game against Mayo uh, in the semi final, and he kicked one or two incredible scores that kind of stood out over the year. But I wouldn't have thought he was the dominant player this and year. Ross Common in the Super Eights, he was outstanding. Yeah, that like, Ross Common in the Super Eights. No offense, <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, that was kind of a turkey shoot. Like, so yeah. I think the final's going to have the biggest bearing on things, depending on who wins it. And in, in terms of the dubs, there, Paul. Mann Mannion's eleven to two to win Player of the Year behind Con. Like as you're saying, you're tipping him for Man of the Match. Like if if Mannion has gets Man of the Match in yeah. the final, his some of the points he's kicked this year, nearly, yeah. nearly every game, just been a few just absolute incredible scores that you wouldn't see anyone else kicking. So I think he might be good at eleven to two, particularly if he gets Man of the Match the weekend. And then again, just for the Kerry side, Stephen O'Brien at ten to one. I, I think if Kerry win, he's getting he's getting Player of the Year. 
end of story I, I think like he's been the most important player all year by a mile in the game they should have lost against Toronto in the semi-final he basically pulled it out of the fire for them in fairness to him so I think if Kerry win he'll get player of the year 10-1 to um, and then just looking at David Clifford he is the, the strongest very Kerry candidate in the betting anyway he's 8-1 to for player of the year and he's also nailed on favourite for young player of the year yeah. at 1-5 to and after his hat-trick he could win both senior player of the year young player of the year sure, look, you if, name he, it. if he gets a hat-trick you know, fine. we'll just give him player of the decade now and, and, and get on with it like, <laughs> let him know. retire yeah, that's it. Joe, thanks very much. Cheers, thanks very much. All right, that's all we have time for. We are back, of course, in Liberty Hall tomorrow night at half past seven, so we'll see you all there. And after that, as usual, it'll be a review show on Monday. Talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years.